Hi, everyone. My name is Christopher Bruce. I'm a divorce and family law attorney in Palm Beach County, Florida. Um, my firm, the Bruce Law Firm, helps uh, clients uh, really at this point all across the state. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Noel New. Um, he is a licensed mental health counselor. His office is in Lake Park, but really his practice is kind of like mine, but um, more global in reach. He pretty much helps people both as a licensed therapist and a conscious awareness coach, um, you know, here personally face-to-face -face, um, in Palm Beach County, Florida, and the North Palm Beach area, but also uh, statewide, and as we were talking before, uh, worldwide. And um, what uh, Noel and I are going to be talking about today is something that I think is passionate to both of us um, and a real issue um, with our clients, um, and that's how to deal with narcissists, how to deal with um, the chaos that they can create and, and how to best manage it. You know, really whether, you know, you might be a, a client of mine to where you're going through the divorce process or a client of Noel's to where you're trying to, you know, explore every possibility to try to make the relationship better and something that you're happy with. Um, so, um, Noel, thanks for um, joining us today, and um, maybe just uh, talk a little bit about uh, who you are and your background, and we'll get into this. Oh, I appreciate it, Chris. I'm really grateful to be here. Um, so, yeah, I've been in uh, private practice uh, for 13 and a half years, almost 14 years, uh, in the field for over 20, so I've got 20 years experience. Um, and, you know, basically over the years, uh, I've worked with all kinds of people, but one of the similar effects that I've had is people that are affected by uh, narcissistic behaviors, either um, happening from their parents or families, their kids, adult children, or significant others. And here's the good news. I'm personally affected by that myself. So I've had, so now yeah. I've got almost 50 years experience uh, working with that <laughs> um, kind of personality. So, yeah. Um, so I, I guess just, you know, from your view, maybe where we could start with this is um, having you tell everyone, um, you know, from your clinical experience, um, you know, what is a narcissist? Because I think in the past day, um, just between network news and I think uh, even a Marvel movie, I saw three or four references to narcissists. Um, and I think even me before I, I understood this more I didn't really even know what it was I mean so what's an what I mean what's a narcissist what are we talking about here yeah I, I mean I'm glad you brought up Marvel because uh, the character does as Tony Stark Iron Man yeah that was the one it was Iron Man I think and, Iron Man one or two that's right Robert Downey <laughs> Jr and uh, yeah no he right he actually does play it now now the interesting thing is um, he is playing the character of a narcissist, but with a heart. And so, yeah, yeah. So, so to me, um, a narcissist is just like anything else. It's got a spectrum, you know what I mean? So there's yeah. a spectrum of the intensity of how much the person is really uh, self-absorbed. So that's really the characteristics of a narcissistic, narcissistic personality is somebody that not only are they just self-absorbed talking about themselves, but it's also everything that goes in their lives is about that so so like i said so they might even be uh less on the spectrum just narcissistic where they still are able to interact with other people and care about them uh but it's still how it's impacting them and then all the way on the 
deepest part of the spectrum is like they don't really care about anybody you know what i mean and, and they just yeah. care about themselves and that almost borderlines to a sociopath but yeah um, the big difference i want to state between a sociopath and a narcissist a sociopath has no um concept of right or wrong doesn't matter they don't care anymore about right or wrong no sense of guilt the narcissist will still feel like that um, even on the highest end they will still feel a sense of guilt that it just will be pointed it's not my fault so the narcissist will yeah. say it's not my fault if anything happens that i did it's not my fault you did this you did that sociopath doesn't even consider fault you know what i mean it's not my fault i don't yeah. think there is no fault so there is a there is a delineation i want people to see even in the most narcissistic personality um that they're not necessarily a sociopath okay and I guess just from, you know, your experience and having, you know, clients, uh, I guess, in the chair across the room, so to speak, or, or I guess now on the other side of the um, screen as we've been uh, moving to uh, all this virtual stuff, um, you know, what are, the, what are the types of problems, some might call chaos that, or pain points really, that you see coming up when um, somebody has a close relationship with a narcissist, be it as you know, spouse or partner or, um, you know, parent or other loved one? Well, yeah. So, so the one thing that occurred to me, so again, like I said, I've had him in my family um, and, and growing up as a child. And, and, and then I've attracted him in my life and the significant others over the years. Um, and the one thing that I realized that was what I was experiencing was um, that it, a narcissist doesn't say, I care about you as a human being, uh, your wants and needs and who you are. They say, and they intimate, I care about what you mean to me. So when you're on the other end of that, that feels, still feels like love or care or concern. Yeah. Um, but it, it, there's, a, there's a hook to it. You know what I mean? It's not, I just care about you. I care about what you mean to me. So if you mean good to me, I care about you like it was everything. But if you are being bad to me or not good to me, or not giving me what I need or want, I don't care about you at all because you don't care about me. So I don't care about you. And that little hook on the other end of that creates a codependency or, or, you know, some need to like always make sure that person's okay. You know what I mean? And that's what that person on the other end yeah. of the relationship will tend to do. Make sure he or she's okay. Make sure, you know, they're always okay so that they can feel like they're loved. And you and I were talking about this concept a little bit before um, I press the record button here, but I, I think, you know, with, with both of us and, and what we do, um, you know, you as a, a therapist and coach and um, myself as a divorce lawyer, um, we, we can help clients um, through what we've learned, but to a certain degree, maybe I say this because I happen to like boats when I'm not wearing this tie and, you know, sitting in front of these screens, but now, if somebody's in the water, you throw them a life raft. Um, for the life raft to mean anything to them, they have to grab it and, and at least a little bit hold on um, for us to kind of be able to help help them make their lives better. And I think something you and I spoke about a little today, and you know, um, you know, when we really first talked about this concept, was sometimes um, people, um, without really knowing it, are engaging in behavior that's really enabling the um, the undesired effects of the narcissist to maybe be more than they might otherwise be um, you know so 
I'm just kind of curious from your experience and in, in dealing with this, um, you know, from the more of the psychology side of everything than I, I see it. What are the what are the types of behaviors that you often see people regularly doing that you know further exacerbates the the negative qualities of their narcissistic partner or um, close um, um, relationship uh, person? Yeah, no, that's a, that's an excellent question. So what my, in my experience is what I've seen people do, and and you know the st- the, the standard form is the 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 husband's the narcissist, the wife is the empath, yeah. the codependent. Uh, but it can be switched, and I've had plenty of experience. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the wife uh, is the uh, narcissist and the husband's the empath or the, or the codependent. I want to do a quick thing on that because that's been a new thing is sure. the narcissist and the empath. Um, so an empath is somebody that's very feeling and connecting and can feel into somebody else's experience. Um, they don't have to, you know, there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Sympathy is, um, I feel sad, I feel sad for you. Empathy is I feel sad because you're sad. You know what I mean? It's that real yeah. human connection. So somebody who's more empathic, um, and empathetic will feel that with the other person. So that the, 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 like I said before, the narcissist can feel that, but only based on his or her uh, information, not really yours, just mm-hmm. what it what it's doing to them. So the empathy, it feels like empathy, but it's still based, the empathy is only towards self. So somebody who's empathic or empathetic will connect with that and feel like, oh, we got two, you know, that they, he cares, she cares. But then when they start pulling it away, the empath, if they're not grounded in who they are, they will start being codependent. And codependent is now, I need to make sure you feel good so I feel good. And it's just a little twist, but that whole twist changes the whole dynamic. And once that person starts acting like that, the other person um, codependently, then the narcissist just, you know, that person helps me teach people how to treat us. The codependent tells the narcissist, um, whatever you need, whatever you need. And then he or she doesn't give it that. And then the narcissist is, ah, you know, you're hurting me. You're terrible. Yeah. You don't care. And then he or she goes, no, I'll give you more. I'll give you more. I'll give you more. Ah, you're terrible. And it's never enough. And that's when the codependent person, who's really just an empath, but lost their way by trying to please this person so that they could feel loved, um, really starts to get their own level of unmanageability, you know what I mean? And their behaviors, their thoughts, their feelings, and just starts getting stressed out and, um, you know, and, and, and not feeling fulfilled and, and, you know, things like that will start happening. So, I mean, so you're one of those people and I, I I see it. I, if somebody would have told me these situations exist in modern society before I, I started doing what I do for a living, I, I wouldn't believe it. But, you know, a lot of, you know, at least my clients um, have probably been at stages of time clients of, of yours, so to speak, um, over um, the years. Um, but a lot of my clients come to me and, you know, they're in, in their mid-50s, um, sometimes early 60s. Um, or at least to them, their their engagement in that cycle you just talked about, um, you know, it's almost like a, a withdrawal and um, a rejection kind of cycle has been at least for them all they can remember in their life and or more of most of their adult life. Um, for somebody like like that, I mean, do you have any particular advice on, you know, if they at least want to be feel healthier about themselves or maybe trying to to stop what you know i guess i might label as um emotional abuse in their relationship 
um, things that they might try to consciously stop doing to to minimize the, the way the cycle you were talking about makes them feel? No, that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, really, so the key is, and um, this goes to an Al-Anon slogan, which Al-Anon kind of fits the bill a lot. Al-Anon is the, oh, yeah. uh, the side program to Alcoholics Anonymous. So it's the families of alcoholics or addicts. Um, and a lot of times it's the spouse, uh, but it can be the adult children and, and so on, the, adult, the parents to adult children. But the families, um, what they'll experience is um, the, the, the slogan that works for them is let it begin with me. So even if he or she is acting like the way they are, and we can't control that. Um, and so we'll keep it, go back to the narcissist. They are um, making it all about them, um, the gaslighting. Whereas like, even if they make a mistake, they blame the other person and make the other person start to believe that they're the ones who did it. All this kind of stuff. We can't control what he or she's going to do, but I can absolutely control what I'm doing. And by means of control, I'm saying, start to inventory and look at where am I contributing to this? You know what I mean? Because we teach people yeah. to treat us. So if I am um, constantly arguing with the person in a losing battle, I need to stop the arguments, not out of winning yeah. or losing, but so that I can look at, you know, what do I really want in this, literally this scenario right now? And, and then gauge with what I want. Now, more than likely, I'm gonna need some support. I'm gonna need some people to, to bounce what's happening because I, I'll feel like I'm you know, losing you know, my mind here and he or she's doing on and on and on. And so I'll need to download it somewhere, supports, friends, you know, whatever kind of coach, therapist, um, helpful guide um, that I can have. And then I need to let it begin with me. What do I want? So I, I, I say what I mean, mean what I say, I don't say it mean. So, you know, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it gets to the point of what I need in that scenario. So if it's an argument about, um, I told you, I don't like you to do this anymore, meaning coming from the narcissist and you would say, well, I didn't mean to do that. Well, you better do, nope, I didn't mean to and I didn't do it. And that's how we're saying. It's cutting it short. What will happen is, is that the, the, that, that personality will not like that because it's very familiar to where it is. So if they don't get more boisterous, they'll start acting like a little boy or a little girl and start getting sad. Now, the, the empath or the codependent person doesn't like that. So, and the person knows that. So they'll yeah. start trying to take care, take care. And if I'm taking care of that when they're acting sad, I'm going to get bit back. So I have to hold my boundaries, state my boundaries, let it go. Have empathy, but not try to take care of his or her feelings, the narcissist's feelings. Once I engage in trying to take care of their feelings, I lose me. I lose me, and then they, yep. they just grab that, and then now I'm in that spiral. Um, I think that's, to me, I mean, just in how I, I tell my clients to, to deal with something, usually in the context of a divorce, that's, that's great advice. And I mean, it, it, I, I think it's such a unique situation when you have a relationship with somebody that might be on this, um, you know, uh, it's like the, the rainbow from hell, but kind of like a, a spectrum. I mean, there, there are people that have mild qualities of this and people who have more exacerbated qualities that are maybe just, um, you know, really on that sociopathic um, boundary. Um, but uh, I, I think what you're saying probably makes a lot of sense because it, you know, I think you can, people can have a relationship that meets their needs with somebody who's somewhere on, you know, the spectrum, especially the, the lower end, um, you know, and I guess I'm 
curious, and, and maybe it's not a whole lot you'd have to add to the last answer, but if, if somebody is at the, the point of where they determine what's best for them and, and themselves, their sense of self is to end the relationship with somebody who is, you know, on this narcissistic type spectrum, um, you know, maybe in the context of a divorce or maybe it's just an abusive, you know, family member really, um, do you have any um, particular advice um, with them and, and how they um, deal with that? I, I know I always tell people, look, unless there's children, which makes it hard, and, and family court, just got to stop communications and, and really find another way. You know, I guess that empath boundary is, is the tricky balance because they derive their sense of self from how others feel, but you pretty much got to cut them off or the cycle's never going to end. But you're a therapist. I'm a lawyer. How, how do you see it? No, that's beautiful, Chris. I mean, yeah, no, what they do, once a narcissist is now engaged in battle, and, and unfortunately, a lot of divorces are in that context, especially with a narcissist, that's now battle. If yeah. you're with me, you're against me. You're now the enemy. And as a matter of fact, you can be the worst enemy I've ever had. And the reason why they do that is because you've hurt me so bad. And so once they're in that engaged in that you've hurt me, I have full right to destroy you and destroy you harder. And so, so on the other end of that, you know, usually the person's like, oh my God, I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe she's doing that. Well, believe it um, because they are so wounded. You've hit their narcissistic wound. You're either with me or against me. If you're against me and I love you, and again, I put in quotes because true love is, I love you unconditionally. I love just everything yeah. about you. Narcissistic love is I love you because of what you do for me or what you mean to me. And so if you're not doing anything for me and you don't mean anything to me, I do not love you. I hate you. And so that's where they come from. So, so yeah, they're going to come to them. Obviously, if they're on the major level, they're going to come to that without any, you know, just strict avarice. They're just going to be attacking. If they're on the middle of the minor, they might, you know, be a little bit more understanding, but they're still going to be like, I hate your guts. So, so that's a lose-lose, as you know, Chris, and we've talked a little bit about that. Yeah. That's your, your, your firm's not looking to be like, you know, let's, you know, make $3 billion, you know, because it's terrible to lose-lose. There, there exactly. is value in helping people to um, consciously uncouple, you know what I mean? Especially oh, if yeah. there's children, especially if there's children, um, because they're both still the parents of their kids. But um, so, yeah, so that person's going to come from a state, the narcissist is going to come from a state of like, now we're in battle, you've damaged me. I'm going to damage you more than you've damaged me. So the empath is going to be like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, da I, I'm sorry that you feel I damaged you. I don't, you've been damaging me because the result is more yeah. likely she or he's been getting abused uh, verbally or mentally or emotionally. If not, oh, yeah. And so um, I don't want that. I just want to end. But now you can't like, just try to like squirrely away because then they get, you know, more, ah, I'm going to get you. Oh um, yeah. If you try to fire back, they love it because now they're the victim. How dare she or he, you know what I mean? So it's somewhere, it's stand your ground of who you are, what you need, what you want, and find that support network that tells you, um, you know, it's, this is the right time for you to, to end this relationship. Um, you tried everything and it's only pain now. There's only pain and suffering and, and life's too short to go through that. Um, especially if you have kids because you're teaching you want to teach your kids how to you know to oh, yeah. hold themselves hold you know hold their own 
And so, so yeah, you will need to, um, again, I use this term and I, I didn't make this up, but I love it. And it, it, it comes from uh, codependent recovery. Say what you mean, yeah. mean what you say, don't say it mean. That third part is, is missed a lot of time. If I say what I mean, I mean what I say. I have integrity and there's nothing you can hold against me. I mean, you can try to, but I'm not hiding from it. And if I don't say it mean, you still, that, that person might take offense and a narcissist generally will because it's against them. Yeah. I, I don't have any guilt. Remember the, the codependent empath is, feels bad, feels guilty. Once my guilt is awash and I don't feel guilty because I'm not trying to hurt him or her. I'm not trying to destroy them or her. I'm not trying to uh, take anything from them. I'm actually trying to, that's the best way I can give love at this point. Um, yeah. Hold my boundary, set my boundary. Then whatever they do, it's like a whirling dervish. They'll keep doing that. And eventually if there's no energy to feed it, both negative or positive, you know, both um, running away or fighting, then they'll just slow it down. They'll find somewhere else to go with it. It's just a natural human, uh, you know, way to, to deal with it. It'll take a while because that's on their radar night and day. You know, how do I get back at this person? But the other person, oh, yeah. if they don't engage in that the best they can, you know, they need a place where they can download because it hurts and it's sad and they're, they're angry. Uh, codependent, an empath can be very angry too. It hurts. Whenever they say, can you believe what he or she did? Yes. I say, yes, uh, 100%. I believe it. You need to believe it. Oh, yeah. And now you need to release that. So you stand for what you need to stand for, get what you need, let go of the rest, and then move forward and don't add to the storm. And eventually it will, if it doesn't peter out, it'll go somewhere else. He'll, he'll get bored or she'll yeah. get bored and they'll take it somewhere else. I mean, that's the best information I can give somebody in that state of conflict. Even better, if they're afraid to get into that state of conflict because they're afraid of what he or she's going to do, then they need to know that they can do it. If it's, if, if it's hurting them, it's hurting their kids. If there's no way out, there is a way out. You know what I mean? That's where they need to at least, you know, start to, to connect with people that can give them, you know, the life outside of that. You know, and, and I love that and what that, you said, Chris, yeah. and I just want to throw this in. Not everybody has to divorce. Not everybody has to break up. Yeah. But if you can't stay as the empath or the codependent, and, and again, I use the codependent as just a broken empath, just a little bit, it's their own sense of addiction. If they're healing that, they're not that. Um, you might still be able to stay married to this person or stay connected oh, yeah. or stay whatever. Like, for instance, I have a parent that is, my dad, and I can still stay connected with him. I just have my boundaries. I, I love him. I, you know, sometimes I don't like him. And so I have to, you know, he's still my dad, you know what I mean? So, but I don't talk to him yeah. everybody you want. So I've set these boundaries. So I help people to set that. So it's not always a breakup, you're done. It's just that if it does get to that, you can, you know, actually still hold your own and feel uh, free in your life. That's, that's great to hear. And I, I think just people, again, I mean, sometimes it just, you know, if you, do little tweaks kind of along with what you're talking about it it might still be a, a healthy relationship for you and I think only you or the person um, knows that I mean I always recommend people I mean look if you're not getting the chance for an outside perspective on this and working with you know a therapist or coach or somebody that really has you know experience dealing with this you're probably doing yourself and also the people who depend on you an incredible disservice um, and, you know, talk to a professional about it. Um, and, and if this is a, a relationship that's going to stay in place, probably have a re continuing conversation, at least with some regularity to make sure you're 
monitoring it just like you know i you know i i tell you i drive a truck i take my truck and get the oil changed i mean you know same same deal um you brought up something i, I wanted to just to ask you on it doesn't have to be a, all of our focus but you made a comment um about you know children and you know how just in your experience um of seeing this play out are are children affected by you know having a you know an empath um or codependent type parent stay in a relationship with um somebody that's you know maybe on the the um medium to strong bad um or at least intense end of this uh narcissistic spectrum and the reason i ask is we have a lot of people who um end up getting divorced after the children have all left the home sometimes um now as i've been doing this longer um i've met those people 10 years ago when the kids were you know six or seven or you know eight or nine um i'm just curious my my own personal thought is the children are ultimately going to be better off um you know if it's not the senior year of high school when this is happening probably better off if there is if there's an unhealthy relationship for there to be a separation than they would be if they had a combined family and a toxic relationship. But I mean, what, what comes to mind is you're hearing that, um, you know, um, from uh, your end of this uh, Zoom call here. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, so if we go back to, you know, the 40s and 50s and even 60s, uh, families stayed together no matter what. And so even if they yeah. hated their, each other's guts, they stayed together no matter what. So their children um, in their 20s and 30s and 70s and 80s and 90s started getting divorced no matter what. You know what I mean? Just nope, yeah. we're not doing what our parents did. Divorce no matter what. And so now into the 2000s, 2010s, now we're in the 2020s, there's much more consciousness and awareness about you don't stay together no matter what, you don't get divorced no matter what. You know what I mean? There mm -hmm. really needs to be a, an awareness, a consciousness, and that's why I like the term uncoupling if that's what needs to happen rather than, you know, this, this trauma, and especially with children of splitting the family. So it's going to be a trauma, but yet it's also a trauma if you stay together and you just are, because they'll see that. So the child of the narcissist and the empath codependent that stay together, that aren't working on it, that aren't doing anything to shift, the child more than likely now, you know, children are very resilient. But if they don't have any direction or anything like that, more than likely they'll become one of two ways. Either they'll become their own narcissist um, based on their yeah. own experiences and their own traumas that they're not getting their needs met. By the way, every narcissist, they're not born that way. It was, they, they didn't have their needs met you know, at a young age. And yeah. so they created, they actually had a very strong personality that created this thing to try to get them, you know, but it, it's, they stay stuck in it. And then with no awareness, and it's very hard to be aware of that. But, um, so the child will either become an narcissist or they'll become the codependent that marries, you know what I mean? Or, or you know, looks for the yeah. person that, that will do that. So by being the person that, and, and again, some, very rarely the narcissist goes, and I always tell people, if you're saying like, I'm a narcissist, more than likely you're not one. You know what I mean? I mean, you're like, I mean, it takes a lot for a true narcissist to say, I'm a narcissist. That's why going back to your original Tony Stark, the Iron Man, yeah. you know, by him saying that he was narcissistic, but by him saying, yeah, I'm a narcissist. And obviously throughout the movie he had compassion for, you know what I mean? I mean oh yeah. So, so it's it, more than likely he's narcissistic, but not a narcissist. So a true narcissist will never say, you know, I'm a narcissist. I mean, they'll be like, 
what are you talking about? You know, you're crazy. It's not me. So I mean, so, so more than likely the other person has to look at like, okay, I'm being codependent. I am not, you know, what am I doing? Let it begin with me. And they start working on themselves. If they're working on themselves and the person isn't a full blown narcissist, they're more narcissistic, then yes, they can work on it. I call it workable narcissists. They can work on themselves. You know what I mean? And then we can, but something has to change. If it doesn't change, they work on themselves and each other with each other, then, then it will need to split. But even that needs to be, that will show the children, um, I'm, I'm doing all that I can for me, for you, for our family. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it really is. And then the child won't just be hooked on um, black and white, right and wrong. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll be looking at what is, okay, we'll, we'll keep it with mom and dad. Mom is really needs to, you know, to end this, but, but you know, I love dad or, and I love dad. Um, but they really are fighting too much. So, you know, I guess, you know, there's a possibility that even though this is so painful and I'm talking from the child's perspective and I'm really talking from a teenager at this point, but even a, yeah. even a, a young kid will at least see that it's not working. I need to move forward. And now I've got options as a child, as, a, as an adult and they will. But like I said, it's not so black and white and it does take two to tango. And, um, but it, if the, if the individual are working on themselves and then they work on the relationship, whether they decide to, to uncouple or stay together, the children will benefit. I mean, I, I literally could say that I use this word with my clients very rarely, but I say when I use it, I promise I use, I can promise yeah. that the children will benefit if each, if at least one is working on him or herself, if the other is working on him or herself and they're working on it together, they will benefit absolute guarantee. And even if they break up, they will benefit. You know what I mean? So, so it's, it's not all black and white, right and wrong. It's just, but what, what I knew know is let it begin with me. So with the more that, and, and like you said, Chris, they, to have a place to download the, you know what I mean? And get the feedback, whether it's with a, a coach or therapist, um, clergy, you know, just best friends that are giving uh, an objective point of view. I mean, cause they're going to be, yeah. subjective. they're going to be subjective, but really want to give, you want the most objective you can get because you don't want just the sides, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, you, you know, you need that, like you're, you're supporting me, but you also want an objective look at like, okay, what am I doing? What do I need to look at? So I can, you know, set my boundaries, heal and shift, and that'll be good for me and my children, no matter what happens here. And I, I, I think that, you know, what you're talking about in terms of how to deal with, um, you know, your, your child, um, in, in this situation with a narcissistic parent is really the same way you almost have to deal with, you know, friends in common, loved ones, um, you know, the, the other people out there, if the narcissistic partner, you know, at the end of a relationship is, is going out and poisoning, you know, those people a little bit. So, you know, sounds like great advice to me. Um, Maybe just briefly, um, just to, for the people that um, do have kids and, you know, think they might be uncoupling or getting divorced, um, do you have any, um, you know, quick tips for, okay, if, if the other parent is, is the narcissist and, and you have children and you have to basically, you know, raise these kids together, and at least in Florida and in most situations, the other, the narcissist is going to see the children, whether it's, Tuesdays, two days a week, half the week, whatever, it's, it's going to happen to some degree. 
do you have any advice for for parents um on the other side of of that relationship on how to you know deal with you know raising children with one of these people that's beautiful we could talk an hour on that i know but um, anything that comes to mind yeah as quick as possible i will say this though it does the child the children still need both parents unless that parent the other parent is not just a narcissist but and i'm going to call it sociopathic where they're like abusive like majorly abusive then no but if they're just a jerk, you know what I mean? I could use other terms. But yeah. If they're just a jerk, the child still needs that parent in their life. So the co-parenting is still important, even though, you know what I mean? It, it really is important because yeah. it's his or her father, his or her mother. And so, um, so that's important. Now, what'll happen though is, especially if he's a jerk, a narcissist, he or she will start talking about you as the other parents to yep. the children. And I know that that's a big thing oh, yeah. that happens. And so back in, you know, 20, 30 years ago, especially even just 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was like, never talk about the other parent, never talk about, and I would get people coming into my office and like, I never say a word about him or her. And they're always talking about me and they got the kids involved in this. Oh yeah. And oh, it's a nightmare. It doesn't feel good. So I would tell you this, I'd be like, why aren't you saying something? Tell, tell your kids the truth. You know, it's not about dogging their parent. It's just giving them the information especially if the other parent is doing that. Now, again, that, that, that needs, um, you know, that, that needs a certain level of um, uh, engaging of it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you yeah. Know, you you, you want to have a, a valve on that. You don't want to just be like, oh, my God, your father, I can't believe you did this and that or your mother, you know. And especially if he or she's doing that to your kids on about you. So you don't do that. You don't go like, I, well, what did he do or she do? You know, it's not that. It's just like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Sounds like your dad or your mom has told you all that, or they're just reporting. Kids are reporting. Well, dad said you never do, you know. Um, and you could say, like, it's not true. I appreciate you telling me that. And I will tell you that this is where I'm coming from. And this is none of your business because it's between me and your father or your mother. But, um, and they ought not be talking to you about it. I'm not going to talk to you about it, but I'm going to tell you that what they're saying is not true and, and that's it and, or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not about yeah. defending yourself and it's not about bad mouthing the other parent, but it is about standing up and telling them that that's not, you know what I mean? Because the kids mm-hmm. will take the information and, they, and especially if they're getting clogged with it. So I know that's probably something you see and you're, I mean, and, it, and it's something that happens, especially in the narcissistic divorce, because he or she oh, yeah. is going, how dare you? You know what I mean? And now I'm going to hurt you where it really hurts, which is your children and yep. all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, so, so yeah, so it's not like never talk about the other person and it's not about bad mouthing the other person. It's about standing your, your case and, and helping the child feel like a child, not like, even if they're 16, it's like, that's still not between this, between me and your dad or me and your mom. It, it's not about you. And, you know, we both love you. And so thank you for telling that information. It's wrong. It's not right. And here's the thing. And then, and then do, we're done with that conversation. You know what I mean? So again, it's going to come down to uh, boundaries oh, yeah. uh, and healthy boundaries. And it's, it's simple, but not easy. And that's where you need that support, you know? And, yeah. So I, I guess, you know, I, for the people that are sitting here and listening to this, and if this is, I think, excellent advice, just, from my experience in dealing with this stuff and I don't have your credentials, um, you know, coming at it from the, the therapy and the, the psychology angle, 
Um, but I, I tend to think this is really helpful for a lot of people. And if they're hearing this and um, this is resonating with them and uh, they think that they might need help with, um, you know, anything within the realm of what we've been talking about, uh, maybe um, talk a little bit more about, you know, the exact people you help and, um, you know, the, the services that you offer uh, both as a, a therapist and a coach and I'll just help, help people understand that and how they, they might get in touch with you here. Yeah, that, yeah absolutely. Thanks, Chris. So, um, my, well, so my website is noelnew.com, just like N-O-E-L-N-E-U.com. And you can see what I do there. Uh, so I, I built my practice 13 and a half years ago on working with a lot of adolescent boys and, and the deals that they've had with their mother and the absent father, even mm-hmm. their father's there. Um, and obviously, um, substance abuse and codependency and all that. And I've honed it down to, even though I still serve that, I've honed it down to communication. So obviously, like you can see, a lot of what I answered by was how to communicate, how to, how to, how to clear my energy and, and where I'm coming from and, and, to, and to hold my own in setting boundaries and communicating. So that can be with the parents and the kids. Uh, the adult kids with their parents, obviously uh, husbands and wives and marital. So I would tell you, I don't do couples counseling necessarily, but I do couples yeah. communication. Um, I, I call myself an emotional mediator. And so to help yeah. people to really con- connect with their emotions with each other. Um, and so, yeah, so you can find me online. Um, um, you can um, call or text online. You can find my numbers, uh, and I'm sure it'll be on, on the thing, but 561-845-9488. But, so I've got my number. I've got text. Um, I, and I'm also doing other um, – so also with my partner, Caroline Reno, we've started something called Indivinity Productions. And so a lot of what I do healing is also – so this is the um, active healing when I, when I interact mm-hmm. with people. I also do a passive healing, and what I mean by that is I have healing uh, medicine music, and so our music, and we play the music, and the music um, helps to strengthen the person. Um, you know, download the songs, um, both, the, and it's like '70s, '80s, you know, uh, folk rock uh, type stuff. And we're coming out with a new album soon. But, but the whole point of the music is not just hey, this is good listening to. It, it's in 432 hertz. It helps align the cells and it, the, the information, the words are about people going through hard times, coming through it and finding themselves and connecting with themselves and then being able to face whatever uh, triggers or demons or suffering or, or challenges they have. So, so I come at it a bunch of different ways. And, um, but uh, yeah, nolnew.com, indivinityproductions.com, I-N-D-I-V-I-N-I-T-Y productions. And, uh, you know, however I may be able to serve and add value to uh, people's lives, that's what I'm looking to do. All right. And um, I think um, I, I made a little bit of a, a introduction or part of your introduction. I was saying you're doing, um, you know, in addition to being a licensed therapist um, in Florida, you do the conscious awareness um, coaching. And I think that ties into the, the um, music you were talking about um, there, um, but is there anything more to that, just in case somebody's wondering, hey, what is that, and might that help me? Thank you, because, uh, yeah, I'm not used to explaining that, so I appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, no, so so conscious awareness coaching is kind of the in-between, so it's the in-between from the therapy of going back into the past and, and healing it, and that's what we do, and that's what I do for clients in therapy is, you know, healing what happened in childhood, not to rehash it, but to to be able to bring it up to let it go so that they can be fully aware in themselves now. 
Um, and then the, the music and the passive end of it, of healing on the energetic level as well. The conscious awareness is in between. So it's, it's about the here and now, and it's about making choices. And so that's why I don't call it therapy, I call it coaching, because everything we do is a choice. Yeah. Obviously, we need to, some of our choices, and a lot of them, actually, most of them are unconscious. And so we need help to make those conscious, the, the therapy. The coaching could do that too, but it really focuses on, um, you know, what do I want out of this right now? What am I doing? What am I contributing? And how can I become aware, conscious aware, make it aware in my consciousness to change it, no matter what happens out here. And so that's something I'm really excited about helping people with in, in any modality. And I've been doing that. I've been using it in my therapy and helping them anything from the teenagers up to, you know, people in their seventies, you know, and everywhere in between, you know, and, and, and any kind of situation. So that's really, I'm excited about bringing that to people now. Well, I think that's, uh, that's cool stuff. And it's also pretty useful. I mean, you're really, it's, you're helping walk people through making really important decisions, which I mean, I, I think just, the people I deal with professionally, um, they have a lot of important decisions to make. But, I mean, you just look at everything you do in a day and major decisions in life, and it's a lot of important things um, there, too. And I think that's a, a great service. And just so I understand it, I know right now, um, you know, if we were sitting in the same room, we'd have these masks on our face um, with what's going on with the coronavirus um, as we're doing this, which – hopefully is not uh, the, the forever state of uh, affairs here in South Florida, but um, I guess might be for the foreseeable future. But maybe just talk a little bit in terms of, you know, do you work with clients in your office? Is it, uh, do, you, do you do the, what some of the therapists do with the, um, the uh, basically video um, coaching or therapy? Um, just, you know, how's, how's that work? Uh, just in case people are wondering, um, you know, how they can work with you. No, absolutely. So, um when this started, I was 99% um, office and 1%, you know, doing a video. And I always was like, no, we need to be in person and connected. Obviously, this happened. It went to video, all video. Um, and I started realizing I can still make the impact. I'm looking at, you, you know, if you're my client, I can mm -hmm. connect with you. I can see you. I can feel you could see me. Um, and, and feel my energy and my intention, and we can work on everything just as well. And like I said, I have clients all over the world at this point. Um, I have opened my office one day a week because the people still want to be face-to-face -face and in the energy. And, and I, if I said I don't do that anymore, I feel like I wouldn't be serving people in that need. So, so what happens is on Wednesdays, I do the face-to-face -face with people, and yes, mask and all that, which is also a challenge. I think that's more of a challenge. Uh, yeah. because How do you get harder than this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I'm smiling. You don't know. You know what I mean? I'm saying so. Um, so, but I do do that still. And, uh, but I didn't want to open it all the time because yeah. I really want the freedom of being able to do this. And what I found is people doing it from their home in their bedroom or their office or sometimes in their car or wherever, um, you know, it still makes that connection. I mean, my office is set up to be peaceful and connecting and so people like that. But it's also nice to be where they're at and meet them where they're at. So, so oh, yeah. most of it is still Zoom or FaceTime or, you know, um, under that uh, confidentiality and, you know, and I don't record anything, it's all gone and, you know what I mean, and, oh, yeah. and all that. Um, yeah, unless they wanted me to, but I, I, I don't look at yeah. that. I, I just do that. Uh, or one day a week individual. And some people just still want to just do it on the phone, and I'm okay with that too. But, um, 
So I would say for the foreseeable future, I, I'm being honest with you, Chris, I don't see myself just going to the office all day, every day anymore. Because oh, yeah. I feel like I can serve more people. I can fit in clients better um, doing it like this. Um, so I'll, I'll still keep office hours, you know, but for the most part, I want to help people right where they're at. And, and that's what this, the, the telehealth really helps. Well, it's, I think as professionals, we want to help people in the way they uh, want to be helped. And sometimes, um, you know, it, it, that deals with, um, you know, meeting them where they're at, so to speak, and with the, the way we can do it on the screen now. And I mean, it really adds to it and, you know, having the ability to supplement um, that with uh, meeting face-to-face -face when requested or, or the best use, um, that's great too. Um, so I, I guess, um, Noel, thank you so much for, for making, you know, the, the time to um, talk through all of this um, here today. And uh, for anybody that um, may have um, forgotten uh, the, uh, the names and contact information, we're going to have this up on the, uh, the website and it should be on the screen here when the edited version of this is done. But um, I'm uh, Christopher Bruce. I'm a family law attorney in uh, Palm Beach County. Um, our firm does um, you know, divorce and family law um, throughout the state, especially South Florida. And I've been joined by um, Noel New. He's a licensed uh, mental health counselor with um, his physical office in Lake Park. Um, and he also does conscious awareness coaching throughout the state of Florida, along with his therapy practice. And um, Noel, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Chris. I really, uh, it's a pleasure doing this. I really appreciate being here with you.